Happy New Year and welcome back to One Action, a podcast by PepsiCo, where we highlight contributors to the sustainability ecosystem across the region. I'm Rona Halabi. I'm joined on the show today by Rabia Shahar, co-founder of Nadira, the UAE-based social enterprise that won the first edition of our Greenhouse Accelerator program in 2022. We began by talking about how Nadira started out. In Lebanon, we had a crisis in 2015 that opened our eyes into the topic of waste management. And then we were all thinking about how can we help in this topic. And 2017, we got a grant and we executed the, the grant to develop a model waste management program in a very traditional manner in one of the areas in Lebanon. However, during that period, we learned about what are the issues in waste mismanagement. And the major discovery we had is us understanding that waste mismanagement is not a mechanical issue. It's not buying another truck or building another plant. It's a behavioral issue. So the the idea was seeded during that project that we implemented. And then ultimately in 2020, towards the end of it, we launched Nadira to be a technological platform that engages end users to address this behavioral problem by getting them to uh, understand how to recycle, make sure it's fun and easy, uh, be able to trace and know that they are recycling. And then people that are recycling are able to be rewarded. And those that are not recycling, we educate them more so everybody gets uh, recycling with us and the rates have actually been very high whenever we engage in new community. So it all started from Lebanon, but now Nadira has expanded to other countries as yes, well. And yes. of course, we know that waste is is a big issue globally. But yes. what what is it like in our region specifically? It's a great question because despite the fact that we started in Lebanon, we saw parallel structures in all different countries across the Middle East and actually across the global south. But our focus area is the Middle East. So uh, shortly after launching in Lebanon, we launched in Abu Dhabi in the United Arab Emirates. Today we are in Dubai and Abu Dhabi. We launched in Riyadh uh, and we are launching in the next few weeks in Egypt. And Oman is going to be close to follow. Uh, We see the same anatomy of the same issues with specificities for each country. But the issues are very low recycling rates, very low awareness when it comes to recycling. And uh, many times we see restrictions that prevent recycling from happening from either existing regulations or existing setups that uh, kind of prevent uh, recycling from uh, achieving its full potential. So what we do is we end up working with local players, establishing uh, partnerships in these countries. We never go to a country alone. So we go and establish the right partners to unlock recycling and make sure it happens in in a sustainable manner. So what is it exactly that you do? How do you incentivize people? What's the process? And what do you do for the people that are not incentivized by cash or points or, you know, like any rewards? Uh, What Nadira does, and we do it in a very different way, is we don't come and we cater for the full city at the same time and dilute our effort. We work on a community by community level because a big part of waste management and recycling is cracking the unit economics. So at the end of the day, what we what we do is we tackle a certain community. So there's a community we're tackling today in Abu Dhabi. We launched in the middle of the summer in July. What we spend a week or two understanding this community, what makes them tick, the existing infrastructure, what are the type of uh, population in that community, and then we launch. And then once we launch, we distribute packages, and these packages instruct people on how to recycle. It has in it our 
proprietary QR coded bag system. So we give them free bags so they get a perk to, to get started and try working with us. And we put the right bins. Many times these are our smart bins that we have developed in-house. So people, when they recycle, they take that QR coded bag, they put it in the smart bin, and then they're able to get the points once we collect these, these bags. So once these bags come, come to us, we check the content of them, and then we give cash back credits to people based on what they have uh, done with us, uh, like uh, give us back. And uh, we will, the ones that are not recycling well or are making mistakes in that bag, we actually tell them. And that process we have actually patented globally in giving people feedback based on the waste that they, they uh, send to us. So basically, uh, we're able to improve the quality of sorting in a short period of mm. time. So you actually follow up the process. 100%. 100%. And that's very important, not only for the monetary redemption for people, but to assure people that we didn't just take the waste and we told them, yes, we recycled them and then we dumped them in the landfills. We actually tell them that we received from you on that day this amount and we give them the assurance on their app, plus we give them the credits. And when people see that, they feel assured that their efforts are not going uh, to waste and then they end mm -hmm. up recycling with us mm. and those who are not incentivized by points or cash or money what do you do there so we know right because we track and we know each account in that community who's recycling and who's not we send letters so after a month to two months after we launch we send a letter and we tell them uh look guys the ones that are recycling you've done an amazing job keep it up you're helping the environment and you are complying with the laws and regulations because that's what the laws say However, they're not fully enforced today. The ones that are not engaged with us, we tell them, your uh, neighbors are pulling ahead of you. They have started recycling. Please okay. engage with us, comply with the laws. And uh, if you have any questions, reach out to us on this number. And funnily enough, in a matter of few days, we receive a bag from that house because in, in the GCC overall, and particularly in the UAE, people are very adamant on following the laws. Mm -hmm. And when this gets uncovered and people know that recycling is actually taken seriously people do follow the laws as if they are paying for their electricity bill or their water bill they need to actually do the right thing and mm. sort their their waste mm. it's interesting that it's also a ripple effect so you see your neighbor mm. you know doing something yeah. and you also want to do the same Absolutely. which is uh, which is great something i wanted to mention in our app that it's not only about the benefits and the money. So that's part of the incentives. But as well, we tell people the impact they've done on the environment. So we tell them how much space they saved from landfills when they recycled with Nadira, how much power they have saved in terms of uh, electricity and how much CO2 emissions they avoided by recycling. So you get the total volume of uh, uh, recycling and then what? how would that translate so people as well understand their impact mm. on the environment. So what's the impact you have you have seen so far? Okay, so so le let's kind of segregate between the impact that Nadira has realized and the impact that could be realized by recycling. So for Nadira, we, we started not doing any recycling early this year. We had almost zero volumes. And today we are up towards 100 tons that we have collected from the markets that we are operating in. And these 100 tons are uh, elements that would have went to the landfill. So we mm -hmm. rescued that and then we were able to bring it back and to the economy. And this is across all the markets that Across all the on. markets that we are in. We expect that that number will be tenfold by exit 2023, if not even higher, given the pipeline of projects that we are working on. We have a bit of a long sales pipeline because we have to get several stakeholders on, ho on, on board before we're able to launch. But now with our pipeline, 
that number is going to be at least 10 times, if not even uh, more uh, next year. That's on a, on a small scale in terms of Nadira. On, on a big scale in terms of the, the region uh, and the countries where we operate and if governments play their cards properly in the next uh, few months, uh, capitalizing on COP28 being in the UAE and uh, coming up with a, with a enabling regulations for recycling, we have a huge potential for 2023 to be the year where the Middle East have actually started to adopt recycling at scale. Uh, there's, there's one concept that I wanted to explain. It, it's about how much uh, reusing and recycling will contribute into reducing greenhouse gas emissions. So if you, if you know Ellen MacArthur, it's a foundation that focuses on circularity. And they issued a report recently saying by recycling plastics, metals, and, uh, and other uh, kind of material that we use in our daily lives, and that's only recycling and, and reusing, we'll be able to drop greenhouse gas emissions by 8%, which is a big amount given how big is this challenge. And this is a low-hanging fruit that almost doesn't cost us anything to get it done. Today, they're talking about carbon capture, which is a very expensive process to, to reduce CO2 emissions and greenhouse gas uh, emissions. Uh, this is something that is very easy to be done and cost us nothing. And adopt. it's just about adopting circularity. We'll be able to drop it by, by 8% because we're not getting any more virgin material. We are reducing our consumption and that, that have an amazing impact on, on greenhouse gas emissions. Do you have a number of people who are engaged with Nadira? Because I know that in some countries you have an application, so you know, you know the users, and uh, in other places as well, you know, if the person does not have a um, phone, then you have also other solutions. Yes. So, do you actually know how many people are engaged? Of course. Yeah. So we have seventeen projects or communities that we serve today across the areas where we operate, and it's, we have about seven thousand users. We're talking about active users that use Nadira on a regular basis. In some areas like in Lebanon, for example, we have now lineups in our stores. People are lining up to bring recyclables because now once they try it once and they see money coming to their account and they cash it out, they just get hooked on it and they do it all the time and they're willing to wait in line to deposit their recyclables. When we come back, we'll talk more about what Nadira is working towards and that's right after this short break. Welcome back. I'm Rona Halabi, and you're listening to One Action with our guest, Rabia Shahar. As I mentioned, Nadira won the PepsiCo Accelerator program last year, which included a grant of $100,000, as well as other benefits to help scale their solutions. So the Greenhouse Accelerator is, um, just to explain to, to the audience, it was a six-month journey uh, that started with a boot camp, and then uh, we were all given very... Uh, clear KPIs on what success means from the start. And then we were given six months to actually uh, work towards these KPIs and we're not left alone. So we had amazing support. You can see that the whole PepsiCo organization was mobilized behind this. We had an assigned mentor. We had access to anybody that virtually we would like to speak to and get their insights and their support throughout the six-month period. And that period is the time we have taken a decision in Nadira to build our Yalla Return product and scale it in Lebanon uh, as our first testing ground before we actually started going uh, in, in different geographical areas. Mm. And the thing I like the most about uh, PepsiCo, actually, and that program is they, uh, they allowed us to, to, underst to they understand innovation and they pushed us 
on on the limits of innovation. So they they were not very kind of picky on KPIs, but they wanted us to to drive innovation as a big picture. Sometimes we missed our targets. We sat down and we we discussed it, and they were very understanding of why these were missed, and they gave us advice on how we can uh, meet it and even exceed it in the future. So that's something because we've been in in several programs so far. That journey was was amazing for us, and it was actually transformational for us. And winning was even better. Like it, like even if we didn't win, it was super beneficial and set us on a, on an amazing path. By winning it, we had so many people reaching out to us that wanted to collaborate. It kind of even accelerated and boosted our our uh, uh, visibility across the region. Well, congratulations. Uh, I was super happy that you won. And, um, you know, in addition to everything that you've uh, gained from this experience, you've also won uh, 100K. So what are, what are the plans for these 100K? How are you going to use them to uh, develop uh, the, your app even more? So we have a we have a very uh, rich R and D pipeline, and a big part of the hundred K will go into our R and D into developing our app more. So how our app, what you see right now, is like V one of five versions that we see down the road. So there's a lot of development that will happen. Uh, there's a lot of development on our hardware uh, solution. So right right now we have a smart bin that uh, probably you've seen it. You access it through a smartphone, it opens, and then you put in it your recyclable bag. This smart bin will even evolve uh, more in the future. And there are other hardware components that are gonna be there to help us in more automating and more uh, streamlining our solution to become something that can serve uh, audience at large, as opposed to uh, small uh, independent projects here and there. So so that's that's the bulk of, of such money because typically we don't have uh, the luxury of having such amount typically we our funding goes to pay salaries and and fund uh, a few pilot projects but now that's going to accelerate our r&d and deepen our technological uh, uh, toolkit to be able to serve uh, more and and wider audiences obviously you've put great efforts to get nadira to where it is now but i'm interested to know what were the challenges that you faced at the beginning yeah so what we what we faced is asking people to do too many things that ultimately were, didn't work and then we pivoted so before we used to ask them to scan the qr code to associate it to their account and then to download the app so so there were, were too many steps for people to do and it was too complex for the average person to know how to do it and then people didn't end up doing it properly that's when we launched our initial pilot as a proof of concept since then we have iterate, iterated several times and what we have uh, solved that is by, by making it super simple uh, everybody gets their bags their their packs fully associated with their accounts on uh, issue, issuance of these bags and then everything they need to do is just sort their waste all of the waste in one bag not only plastic bottles, but okay, as well. So they don't have element. to segregate. They segregate only recyclables and they put okay. them in one bag. So it's very easy, very convenient. And the more convenient part is not to make them make a big trip out of their way to give us that bag. So that bag has to be either deposited a few steps outside their, their house, if they have a villa, or if they are in a, in a uh, building very close to them. And that's when we started to innovate and we created that smart bin to ensure that these bags are put in a safe place it's because there's a lot of petty theft in this industry, so they're not stolen and they are collected whenever we have a volume of recyclables to be collected.
I'm interested to understand, like, when you collect, what do you do with the recyclables? And then what do you think we should do so that we can get to that place where we can turn that into something that we can use within the same within the same um, country, if mm, I may say. Mm, because, yeah. like, I know in Lebanon, for example, mm. we don't have, like, recycling technologies. Mm, so yeah. now we're collecting. Mm. So what is it that we need to do to get to that place where we can actually recycle in the country without having to export this? Because this has a lot of value, as you, as you were mm, saying, mm. and we're just exporting it. We're not reintroducing it to the market. Yeah, so it's, it's a great question. And, and sometimes it's a bit of, of a mis misconception, Rona, that we need to use them in the same country because sometimes it just doesn't make sense. So let me give you an example. Uh, in Egypt, they have a, an amazing plant that you put in it PET bottles as an input and you get PET uh, food grade pellets on the output. So you're achieving full circularity. However, that plant is very expensive to build and you cannot build it for a small country like Lebanon. So it's much better to export it rather than if you don't, then you have to take these PET bottles and make and downcycle them and make fixed items with them that loses the value of PET. So what should happen is across the region, as it is happening in Europe, for example, is maturing our uh, circular economy infrastructure and industry where you have these plants across the board. You have uh, not only for PET, but for all the other uh, elements uh, to allow everything to get recycled in our region. Cardboard and paper is almost always locally, even in Lebanon, that's a small country, it's recycled locally, but PET, it needs scale. So what I, I advise on this is, first is don't try to limit it in geographies and, and let's work together as uh, countries in the region, whoever makes a plant, then we send it to them until that other country kind of develops a plant if they, they have to. So allow free movement of recyclables because that's going to maintain prices high and incentivize people like us to do more collection systems and collect more and everybody wins by by that happening. And and if somebody wants to do a local plan, then they can build that local plan and compete on a leveled uh, uh, manner. Uh, the other element is to uh, uh, provide incentives for people to build such, such plans. So provide lands, funding, uh, technical advice for people to be able to build such plans in local countries um, so that's something that, that is quite needed. So, for example, in many countries in the Gulf, there are no plans to recycle glass and then it ends up going to the landfill. So, so building such plants and then incentivizing everybody, including producers, to recycle glass is something very, very important. Of course, you know that PepsiCo uh, is keen on working on, on waste management. And we have actually been partners partners with, with Nadira across several of the markets that you're working in. And uh, recently, there's also this idea of going into schools as well in mm. different markets. So how did this also idea come to life? And you know how, how is it looking so far? Yeah, absolutely. Schools are very important, not only because they are generators of waste. There's a lot of paper, cardboard, and even bottles that come out of schools. But more importantly, because uh, educating kids on recycling is, is going to have a ripple effect, not only for the kids themselves and their uh, uh, across their lives as they grow up, but as well for their parents and people that are around them. So uh, we felt it's very important to start tackling schools and educate uh, students on how to recycle. And we have uh, 
collaborated with Oranda Tribe on this that has actually worked as well with PepsiCo on developing the curriculums, but then developing the curriculums and teaching kids on how to sort and recycle alone is not enough because once they sort and they don't find a place for them to be able to, to take their recyclables to, uh, they get actually disappointed and they end up not sorting anymore and it's going to be difficult for them to, to sort in the future. So what we do is we come and we complement Orenda Tribe. Orenda, they teach them on how to sort and recycle. And what we do is we make sure the infrastructure and the logistics are there to be able to take these recyclables and put them on the journey of Nadira and our Yalla return product and give them incentives for them to do so. So we close the loop on that and we make sure that uh, they don't only get educated, but they get to practice it and feel the benefits of it. It's always a pleasure to talk to Rabia and see how they're progressing. You can get involved by visiting nadira.org and find out more about the PepsiCo Greenhouse Accelerator program at greenhouseaccelerator.com. One Action is brought to you by PepsiCo and is hosted by me, Rona Halabi. We're produced by Murad bin Ayed, May Barber, Marah Ghorani, and Shirag Desai, with support from Natalie Hatoum. Thank you for joining us today, and we'll see you again next week.